Welcome to Deep Thoughts, Science and Social Justice. I'm your host, Pardeep, and this is an interview podcast where we take a deep dive into the struggles, triumphs, and personal stories of minorities in the sciences, arts, and public service. The goal of these interviews is to have candid, first-person conversations about the role of race, gender, and socioeconomic status in politics, the sciences, and beyond. This is a special episode because we're taking a little... uh, we're taking a little uh, diversion from what we usually talk about, uh, which is really specific social justice issues. And we're just going to talk about everything. We're going to talk about an entire year. We're going to review 2020 and what happened with us. So on this episode, I'll be joined by my buddies, Boris and Alan, who are my good friends from Brooklyn, who I've known for many years. Boris and Alan, thank you so much. Welcome to the podcast. Great to be here. Hey, nice to be here. It's all right. right. <laughs> and this episode is going to be a really like laid back episode. I mean, honestly, like we're just going to have a conversation, the type of conversation we usually have, except uh, except it's going to be recorded. And we're going to talk about our we're going to talk about what the heck happened in 2020 and what a train wreck this year was. So, I mean, cool, a lot of cool, 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 cool. <laughs> And a lot of things happened this year. I mean, probably the best thing that happened is that Alan got a cute little puppy named, uh, what was your dog's name again? Balto. You got a cute puppy, Balto, who's like, who's like, a, who's a giant now and who's not small anymore. And Boris, what, what's like something cool that happened to you this year before we sort of get into, get into the start of things? What's like, what's like the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of the best thing that happened to you? I got a job. it's true i mean we did we literally lost like 30 to 40 million jobs this year so i guess that's a that's a win but you won the battle royale would you guys believe it's december 2020 and the headlines right now you know is the presidential transition it's the vaccine and it's you know donald trump's weird tweets (laughs) but would you believe that in january the headlines were prince harry's and Meghan markle's leaving of the royal family and moving to the u.s and leaving britain would you believe that that was the headline back in january and that was the biggest news of the day canada Canada. i guess it was canada um but that was like (laughs) that was the biggest news the royal family uh, and from there, it was just a downward spiral. Yeah, they lit the match. That that's what happened. They, they well, what's that? They lit the match. They they destroyed the the the, the balance in the. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what they lit the match that started the Australian wildfires. That was basically what I thought was the worst thing that in the year. Uh, I, you know, I made a lot of notes about what I'm going to talk about, and I and I have an entire list of bad things that happened, but I didn't even mention the Australian wildfires. <laughs> you, okay, guys, watch <laughs> Death to 2020. It's like by the makers of Black Mirror. Um, a bunch of actors play. It's a mockumentary where a bunch of actors play like um, either reporters or uh, doctors and PhDs or historians, and they do a retroactive of 2020. That's completely real, but also like com- completely farcical. It's hilarious. I, I saw it, man. And boy, was it I hilarious. Love it. I loved I love that African <laughs> scientist guy who was like, who was like just coming up with all the reasons why COVID exists and, and his experiments with bats and how the virus came to be. And the lady who pretended to be the queen, she was hilarious as well. I mean, we're basically doing a parody of that parody on this episode. What do you mean? That was the queen. That wasn't the queen? I thought that was the queen. You know, I thought it was the queen too, like early on. <laughs> I really did. It it's looks a deep like fake. That. And then I thought it was the queen's sister. But then I realized, wait, I'm dumb. It's actually just an actress. <laughs> <laughs> See, I've never seen memes about the documentary you guys are talking about, but it looks it sounds like a good documentary. I'm going to enjoy it later. I mean... It was hilarious and it was really sad. I mean, honestly, like this year, we, a lot of like, I mean, I'm just going to run through like all the, just my brief list of everything that happened. And I want you guys to sort of fill in anything that I'm missing. Right. So we have, (laughs) so we have Prince Harry and Meghan Markle leaving the Royal family. That's the first big news of the year. Donald Trump's uh, impeachment hearings. 
uh, for his BS with uh, with 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 Ukraine and and Hunter Biden, Kobe's death, Chadwick's death, Alex Trebek, RGB, some of the greatest of all time now gone. Harvey Weinstein was verdict was was sentenced to jail to was was sentenced this year. If you can believe that. The Black Lives Matter protests, losing 30 million jobs, 330,000 deaths, all school going online, the election, which is like a big thing in itself, how how Trump almost started World War Three with the assassination of Qasem Soleimani. He erased them. He killed them with satellites from space while this guy was leaving the airport out of nowhere. Elon Musk naming his baby the, a math problem. E-X-A-E-A-12. <laughs> Ash. Like, I, one of the characters is pronounced like Ash. What? Ash, you know, E equals MC squared is his, is going to be his next... The Pythagorean theorem is basically what he just named this kid. And, and the anti-maskers, the pardons that have been coming out the past few weeks, pardoning Roger Stone and, and Paul Manafort, all the usual, all the usual crooks that, uh, that, that, were, that, that were sentenced this year are now free. The wildfires. I mean, that's just a start. But, you know, maybe. And then, of course, I can't believe I didn't mention this. I'm a dummy. COVID. <laughs> COVID. <laughs> Oops. And you got it in the masks. Like, there you go. COVID is just like the wallpaper in the background. It's <laughs> just happening around it. it like, in com- it engulfs everything. It engulfed everything, man. So why don't you guys, let me ask you guys a question. You know, let, let's take it back. Let's take it back to February and March, right? Uh, we're talking after after Donald Trump's acquittal. And so so Governor Cuomo shut down New York on March 3rd, I think. Like, I'd rather declared a state of emergency on Mar- March 3rd, right? And before that, we were hearing about this virus that was popping up in Wuhan, between February and March, right? And by, and by then, you know, at least the, the public at large wasn't really too concerned. They, they, they were just become the, the, the go, sort of go-to reasoning is were really racist and, 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 and prejudiced reasons as to why, you know, uh, uh, why China is having these viruses. But then eventually it came to the US, right? And now, and then it became our problem. So, I mean, it's always been our problem. But so take me back to, uh, for each of you, take me back to, February, March, when this pandemic was was starting to happen, where were you? What were you doing when the governor declared a state of emergency? What were you thinking? And like, what did you do? How did you respond in your personal lives to this? All right, Alan, you want to go first? Uh, well, yeah. Uh, so even before we had like permanent lockdown, our jobs totally let us like work. Well, my job. Uh, they let us work from home starting like a week or two into the before the actual official lockdown. So that was great. <laughs> I All I could think was that I'm super blessed. I have a gig. I can work from home. Um, I, it's kind of amazing where you find out where you uh, when you could have worked from home this whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's besides the point. I was just lucky to be working from home and have a job and find some security but also tiger king that kept us busy for like a good few days oh for sure that was a great documentary honestly i miss it i miss the hype i just i just wish that everyone united over everything like the way they hated carol baskin you know what i mean (laughs) i heard I, i saw a news headline that the Tiger King was trying to get Kim Kardashian to beg the president for a pardon. It's, like, it's probably going to happen, man. Why? Why not? <laughs> what? What with that? You know what, dude? You've seen. I can't crazy. even. You don't even. Truth is strange in fiction in 2020. Tiger King is Tiger King going to get pardoned. I, I put my word on that. <laughs> as like a as a publicity stunt, you're right. Like, why not? Shit. What about you, Boris? Where were you in February and March when everything was shutting down? What All were right. you doing? So, right before everything started shutting down, and right like around the time that it was really starting to get into the news, that's when I got hired. So, I got hired mm-hmm. like at the very start of the pandemic, and then 
like the company was very accommodating. They gave us the car and everything so that we could avoid like public transportation after oh, they nice. got a little bit more serious. Yeah, it was really great of them. And at the time, I was actually training for a 5K. Like I had signed up for one. That's what I was expecting to do within like in June. That's what, that's what I wanted. That, that's what I was thinking I was going to be doing. Like, so I don't know if you remember the place Alan and I were at beforehand, but like we had a gym downstairs or whatever, and I was training there. But once the pandemic hit, like the gym became like, I don't know, like radioactive. Like you couldn't get <laughs> to those locations. Like everybody was scared. And like our building didn't have a lot of people to be honest with you, but just the fear alone of catching this thing and then maybe potentially spreading it to your relatives. Cause like I'm healthy. Alan, I'm assuming is healthy. You are assume I'm assuming are healthy, but like we all have relatives that are really not healthy. Like whether it be, you know, from chronic illnesses or poor life choices that led him to have these chronic illnesses. But at the end of the day, I know a lot of not so healthy people. So I genuinely started worrying, like, am I going to kill them by, and not even know, you know what I mean? Like that, that's where at like the very start of the pandemic, that that's the train of thought. So I actually wasn't able to see my own parents for like, I spent weeks without going to see them or my grandparents, you know, like my grandmother, I wasn't able to see any of them. And then, all the masks we started wearing, which just became routine and everything like that. And then all the people that didn't want to wear their masks, that was just nonsensical ridiculousness. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Like it was wild. Like the, the, that's all I have to say at the very so, end of the pandemic, just everything just got flipped. Everything got yeah, flipped. Yeah, like in real time, we got to see all the blocks start filling up with people wearing masks, no masks. And just day by day, that started filling up and becoming the norm. Like wearing masks, you mean? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like people kind of getting with it to a point where people started like hawking face shields and masks just yeah. like on the corners like can, can, in, can, a, in a few weeks. Can, can you guys talk about like what was the subway ecosystem like, you know, at the shutdown, uh, at the, when things were shutting down and people weren't sure if you should wear masks or not. When socially, when social distancing went from three feet to six feet in the subway, did it get really awkward? the when trying to find a seat or hold the, or hold the handlebars or that the everyday objects on your commute all of a sudden become like uh suspicious whether it's a pole or swiping your metro card or going through the turnstile or whatever holding the handle rail talk about like what was the sort of mood in a in, in an average subway cart when when the governor was sta- was declaring a state of emergency, was everybody cool? Was everybody panicking? Whether people who were prejudiced uh, or 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 of avoiding each other or staying away from a certain kind of person, what was the mood like getting on the train? Because uh, they say the subway is like a pulse of the city because everybody rides it, right? So, what was the mood like on, on on the subway? You would say early in March. Was it empty? Was it full? It was empty. Empty. It was empty. Like yeah. at the very start of the pandemic, I'm gonna, I'm not even joking, but even the roads on the highways in New York were empty. I was driving Goes down. every day. I would be going to like New Jersey and the tri-state area and there's no traffic in New York City, which has never occurred before. And it only took, it, it, we literally had no traffic for like three months. I religiously Dang. avoided the subway for yeah. about two to three months. Yeah, yeah. So, and then when I finally started using it again, which was like, I would say around summertime, it was empty. The subways were still empty at that point in time. If you saw a bum or a homeless person in a train <laughs> car, you ran. That's what everybody did. That, per- that one cough, people were like jumping out of their seats. I'm not even joking. Like everybody yep. was looking at each other like we had the freaking plague. Like Dang. it was, it was like that, that that's how that was. What about, uh, and Alan, uh, is that your same experience? I mean, like Boris said for months, uh, I only got in the subway like a few times. It was really good to know that like they did overnight cleanings, like mm. for months on end, they shut down the subway from like, what was it? Like one or 2 AM to four or five. They just, 
clean all the carts. Um, but every time I got on, like nobody was sitting there. Everybody was standing. They had like uh, your sleeves rammed around, wrapped around your hands. So if you had to touch the pole, that's how you were doing it. Or you just lean on it with your back. Nobody was sitting. Uh, you could get your own car. You were lucky to see like, I mean, you would probably see like three people in a car at most. And that was like all the way up until April. Buses were free till like mm. July. Uh, like they didn't, okay. or like even later. <laughs> Mm. And that was actually pretty great. Mm. Um, in the buses, like in the front, where the where the operators of the buses, like the, the drivers were, those areas, and like where all the usually the, the the disabled easy access seating is located, all of that was literally barred. You could not go anywhere near that per- area. Like, so you you had to get on like the back of the bus or something. Yeah, uh, yep. they were just uh, the driver would just wave you in the back, like you go back. And like when you were first getting on, you'd be like, "What do you mean I'm not paying?" And you'd be like, "Oh yeah, I'm not paying." But then you remember you're in a pandemic. But this is the, the little wins, the little wins in life. It would just wave you in the back. Dang, dang. So, so basically, uh, the subways became uh, the buses became free. The subways became scary. Uh, and how were the supermarkets? Did you guys lose toilet paper? Did you guys run out of toilet paper at the grocery stores? Were there fights? For canned goods uh, at Shoprite, what was uh, hand was there sanitizer pa- and Lysol was gone everywhere. Yeah, you couldn't but get. You anything. would find like knockoff things. Like like if you, all the name brand cleaning products, they were they were just vanished. Like you, yeah, I don't know about toilet paper. Toilet paper was all right, but if you went to like mm. a Walmart in New York, you you really couldn't find that much. And then they started yeah. imposing limits on people because really limits. Yeah, like, like what, what, how, what kind of limits? Like, how were they enforcing that? Like, when you walked up to the register, you, if you had more toilet paper than was allowed, they would take it away from you. Like, now, see, that was a good idea. That's a good idea because out here in California, there was no toilet paper anywhere, no limits on anything, and you know, every Karen was buying up every roll of toilet paper there is because, because <laughs> this area, La Jolla, is like so rich. It's too rich and it's like <laughs> nobody knows nobody is ever told no bidet? how rich are they where's the bidets at like come on <laughs> <laughs> they, they, the they probably they probably just yeah they probably find a different they, they i don't know like they probably don't have i don't know what they have in their toilets but <laughs> but you know i you know out here you know pe- people don't know what it's like to be told no in one of the richest communities in california and yeah and i get so, uh I, I, I love calls from California because sometimes they're great. You know, I just work in a hum- humble customer service positions. California callers <laughs> and some Long Island callers could be some of the yeah, and now they colorful, look really delightful dumb. people to talk to. Now they look really dumb. They have a closet full of toilet paper for the next year that they know. they just <laughs> Yo, I relish the fact that there are people out there that can't return $500 worth of toilet that's paper. That's what I mean. That's what I, was, that's what I was just about to say. Like, you can't return it. All the big brand stores are just like, nope, eat that shit. We don't care. What do they think? <laughs> what do they think? can't make, like, Charming can't make more paper? They, 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 yeah. It's gone? We can't what chop they think? more trees out? Come on, guys. What are you serious? Like, what do you mean? Call your manager. I want to talk to the manager. <laughs> I want to return oh, this. Guys. Manager died from COVID. <laughs> Yo, Yo how crazy is it that like masks um, are like the new cigarette bud? And then you oh, still man. had people without wearing masks walking around New York City. Like Where? you could just pick one up off the street and you'd be okay. fine. Come I on, people. You can this do one it. Guy. Everybody in the train. I was riding the train from work today and now the train cars are starting to get a bit more packed, but nothing compared to the sardine package that we used to have back in the day. <laughs> we're, we're, like, I'm not going to compare us to the Tokyo trains that I've seen. You know what I mean? Those, they have huh. people that push you into the trains. <laughs> oh, like people standing outside, literally squeezing you in. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. No, we don't have that nonsense here. But what we do have here is... You could smell the other person's BO and you could probably smell their breath simultaneously, which is gross. But <laughs> now you don't have any of that. Like, the people are genuinely trying to keep distances. And a lot of the times, there's always like a seat in between a person. Hmm. 
a lot of people don't sit next to each other. Sitting next to each other is not a thing in Yep. Like, unless you're friends, unless you like know each other, you know. Other other than that, you you like you stay away. You, you don't know what this person has, or you're you're everybody's still worried. You know, in 2020, we had to learn a lot of new behaviors, right? We had to learn a lot of new things that we didn't have to do before, and we had to learn them quickly. We had to learn how to judge what does six feet look like. We had to learn how to. <laughs> Instead of our keys, wallet, and 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 phone when we leave the house, now we have to add one more thing to that: our keys, wallet, phone, and mask when we leave the house. Definitely had, a real thing. Yeah, we had we had to learn how to uh, be more fiscally responsible. Well, some people aren't, but there, we had to be somewhat fiscally responsible in terms of like our usage of groceries and toilet paper and things that may be on a shortage in in a short amount of time. We had to learn how to work from home. We had to learn how to set up an office. We had to learn how to not work while we're at home during non-working hours. There are a lot of new behaviors that, a new language as well, COVID-19. What do symptoms look like? Uh, How does my insurance work? Where where can I get tested? Uh, Is testing necessary? What is testing? Science literacy, as a scientist, people had to learn what does the test do? Why do we do it? Why do we have to stick a thing up our nose to get the, the mucus? So my question to you guys is, what are some new behaviors that, that you had to learn in 2020 that you didn't have to do in 2019? Maybe behaviors that are associated with healthcare, health prevention, or you know money, or communication, right? Everybody's on Zoom now. We're on Zoom. Classes is online. Uh, we can't go to the clubs anymore, which is what I really miss. What are some new behaviors that you had to learn in 2020 that you didn't have to learn, that you didn't have to do in 2019? I had to unlearn how to touch my face. Mm. Like, yeah. I didn't know that I was touching my face so much until this year hit. And you literally have to sit there and physically stop yourself from going anywhere near the vicinity of your mouth, nose, eyes like it's crazy like because it's a completely normal human thing to do like you have an itch you scratch it but now it's like oh if you have an itch on your face well guess what you're itchy mm. you're sitting there and you're like it sucks that was one of the first few things that i've noticed and i don't think i've ever washed my hands as much as i did this year like to be <laughs> five times, six times a day. Like you go in a building, you go out of a building, like you're washing your hands. It, like uh, that, that's one of the big, big things like changes in behavior that you're talking about that, that I noticed that personally for myself that I started doing more and more. And luckily mm-hmm. for me, like, I don't think I, I ever got COVID during the whole time that- Have you ever gotten tested? Personally, I have not gotten tested, but my girlfriend, gets tested regularly because she's a teacher and she's never had it. And I see her weekly. Mm. So yeah, based off of that correlation. <laughs> okay. I can kind of judge that. I don't think that I had COVID, mm. but if I do get tested, maybe I had it in the early stages, but it's already been probably more than six months. So I don't know if it's really going to show up too accurately on the, on the, on the, on the antibody test or anything like that. But but, but there, I, I will admit there was a time period, like at the very beginning of the pandemic, like I, we, even though we live in the same borough, I wasn't able to see my girlfriend for two months because she was just isolated in her house and I was yeah. isolated in my house. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had to talk on the phone, do video dates and stuff like that. That was weird. Like, that was very weird. Alan, any new behaviors? Um... Well, besides not, uh, I'm touching my face right now. Uh, <laughs> besides the thing that things that Boris mentioned, just realizing how tired I got from being in like the same few spots all day long uh, under like the same lighting or no lighting. Like the, the moments when I went out for actual walks, I got winded in like five or 10 blocks. Mm. Like I realized how much I had to move around like on my own if I was going to be isolated and and, like watching my spending in that Grubhub bill. (laughs) There was so many times where I just didn't want to go shopping because like 
Um, not that I was intimidated by the virus, but I like, I didn't want to intimidate anybody else that was like older and just doing their thing. Like I had to <laughs> get over the anxiety of being around people, not wanting to like impact their lives negatively for like months. Hmm. So and socializing, like learning to socialize again, like without having face-to-face contact with people regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, just kind of keeping those skills all in check. Yeah. That yeah. was just so weird living. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> so let's sort of like, so let me ask you guys, like 2020, we, it was obviously an unprecedented year on top of you know, an election year, right? I mean, we, there are a lot of historic things that happened this year, right? We had the greatest civil rights movement of our generation, the Black Lives Matter protests uh, happening this year, obviously the pandemic, the elect, the, the, the rebuttal of, of Donald Trump and the election of Joe Biden and everything associated there, right? And this election, you know, I got to say, man, like it was such a scary election then. Like I, on a, the day before election day, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. Like I bought a baseball bat and just kept it in my crib in case like there were protests or madness in the street because I was scared. I was genuinely scared that somebody that, you know, Donald Trump will win or something, somebody's going to get kidnapped or someone's going to get hurt and then madness will break out in the streets. This election will never get completed or it's going to get delayed and delayed and delayed until Congress decides or something, there's going to be some kind of glitch in the system that's going to delay the transition of power in the United States. And this is, what do you mean? He hasn't conceded as of yet. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if he concedes or not, you know, he lost, right? It's a like soft coup. It's a soft, soft coup. Soft coup. Yeah. It's literally- it just, it's just a little, a kiss of fascism in there. No, it's not even a kiss of fascism. It's literally, telling us that our democracy can be questioned you know it, it, i but when you say that i think about election night and on election night like at, at like 11 p.m on election night donald trump at the white house goes on this stage and literally says i want all voting to stop because uh, yeah, we're we're because we're ahead 80 percent of the vote is in in certain states all voting should stop and there's a bunch of adults throwing temper tantrums trying to stop democracy because they can't get their way. It's terrifying. Like how, how many people are totally cool with uh, thwarting what the country is actually based on democratic principles, as long as they get their way, as long as they win. <laughs> and no biggie. I've never seen more civil war memes. <laughs> Dude, we, like, we were... And, and, you know, the, there was a plot to kidnap the Michigan governor, uh, Governor Whitmer, where the, the FBI had to intervene and like escort her out of her premises or something because there was a real threat to kidnap her and like put her on a fake mock trial for treason uh, before the election. Of course, Michigan, Michigan, a keystone state, if anybody wants to win the presidency. But uh, but it was it was scary. And and and, you know. On top of that, like we really saw like a whole nother underbelly of American sort of civil discourse, right? One where where we rely on, you know, reliable sources like the New York Times or Washington Post or real journalism, getting our info directly from representatives and keeping them accountable accordingly, uh, you know, through civic engagement. But the but the other underbelly is is you know fake news and lies and misinformation and blurring the line between truth and fiction, and it was scary because dude, half seventy million people believed it and voted for this guy and and are just believing his lies and that's what's really scary to me because it shows me like the sort of baseline of American, like, um, sort of, uh, cognitive, like uh, American baseline awareness of what is democracy and how do we keep it? It half the country doesn't know how, and they're just believing whatever their leaders say or whatever sources sound cool or interesting. 
without necessarily pursuing the facts. And that's what really scared me through, throughout this entire year. And, you know, I'm glad it turned out the way it did, but it could have easily turned out the other way in my, in my view. Oh, absolutely. Like, you never know. You could have just declared martial law election night and then we see what happens there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> see what happens <laughs> test the waters like if what if i did declare martial law and, and say, say there was like a credible threat that i got off, got off the internet you know putin sent me a credible uh intel package or whatever the hell it was you know you, you, you never know these things and then at the same time this guy's also digesting a lot of fake news mm. the president himself is also digesting all these fake news even even going against his own officials most of the time like these people that he pays to tell him the facts, he's like, nah, it's not the fact. Like what I say is the fact. Mm. And I didn't say that other thing before, but it's just, which is the opposite of what I'm saying now. Yeah, I'm saying the other thing, which is the real truth. Yeah. Like, as, 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 if, as if a record doesn't exist of exactly, what people right? say. Like, you're not a public figure that's constantly on television. This guy loves the limelight. Literally, I feel like he will shrivel up and die in a corner like a houseplant or something like that. <laughs> He'll just degrade into a pile of mush if like the cameras aren't pointing in his direction for more than 50 seconds. Like it's wild. Alan, you want to say something on your mind there? I just think it's wild how many of those 70 million people like don't necessarily believe what he says is facts. <clears throat> Sorry. They don't necessarily believe what he says is facts, but they listen to what he says and then they're like, oh, got it. Wink. Yeah. They yeah, just he... like read between his lines. They think for him. They fill in the blanks because it doesn't matter when they're infatuated with the guy. Mm. And, you know, you know and, and and honestly, man, like they say the, 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 the slogan of the Washington Post website is democracy dies in darkness. But I don't believe that. I think democracy dies democratically when people vote against their own self-interest and when people vote against what are democratic processes. Uh, and, and, you know, I think that if this man wanted another term, we would say goodbye to American democracy. He would never, ever give up his power because he would have became so close to losing it that he would know what to do next time to make sure that doesn't happen. Uh, which thank God now it won't, <clears throat> but you think he's going to run again after Biden's four years? Yeah, man. I mean, even if it's a fake run, he's going to do it. Like his original uh, race was apparently fake as well, uh, but he ended up actually gaining momentum and winning the Republican nomination. <laughs> I kind of, a part of me kind of really hope that happens. Because, that he runs again? Why? Yeah, because if that happens, what might occur is that Republicans have a split because they do something stupid. They don't unite the way that they usually do, which is a stronghold of the Republican Party and why they usually do win in the way that they do. They always turn out in votes. But if there's a severance, the way that, you know, people really pissed off about the division between Bernie and Biden and Bernie getting it stolen, the fact that Democrats were able to finally put that aside and unanimously be like, no, the greater evil is Trump. We need someone to just replace him. Fuck it. We need some normalcy. That was necessary. So if some division keeps occurring in the Republican Party for brewing over the next four years and there isn't like a unanimous unification for Trump, good. There'll be a fuck up when it comes for primary time. And then maybe they get a Republican they don't actually like. And then Biden wins in a landslide. Well, that honestly, or maybe Trump dies. That'd be, I don't know, pretty dope. Uh well, you know, the next best thing is for Pence to run instead of Trump because Pence is Trump's vice president and Pence is, you know, looks cardboard, better, cardboard looks, but looks better for TV, sounds better for TV. Uh, and he would, I think he would be the one that the Republicans go to if they ever want to invigorate that Trump base. But I mean, you know, I, I, don't I know. It, I think he takes religion too seriously for mainstream America. What's that? I think I think he takes religion too seriously for mainstream America. Man, dude, they just put Amy Comey Barrett on the Supreme Court. Like, they they don't care. They don't care who's religious or not. Like, Amy Amy Comey Barrett is, you know, she she believes that justice in America is a means to is a means to 
execute God's will uh, or something of that nature. I mean, that's not a verbatim quote, but she says something along those lines. And now she's, it, it, now she's part of the most powerful court in the land. Like the, the let's not underestimate <clears throat> how much our politicians are, you know, religious zealots, whether it's Pence or even senators, you know, every week they have like prayer circles in the U S Senate, you know, to pray to God before going to going to going to work inside the U S Capitol building when church is supposed to be separate from state. And, but in, but in the meantime, there's a, there's like an active chapel there every single day, every single week that the senators go to. So I, I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, um, underestimate, uh, you know, uh, the populace of Americans who believe that, um, our, our politicians should be, you know, religious should, should, should inform their, belie- their political beliefs based on their religious beliefs. I don't think they're ever inseparable of that, uh, which is unfortunate because they should be, it's in the constitution. <clears throat> so, yeah, you know, that was the, the, the point. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of ensured it by putting a very young religious Supreme court justice in there. Right, where you I, thought that people all around were getting a lot more progressive thinking. Yeah, and you know, and and, and so let me let me ask you guys about what you what you think about what happened after RGB's death, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, right? Because uh, when um, Obama was president in in, his, in I think which term it was it was 2016, right? And <clears throat> this is before 2016. This is election year where um, he he nominated. Um, Merrick Garland to 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 the Supreme Court to uh, to succeed. Um, um, what's his name? Uh, I, I forget the justice's name, but Merrick Garland. Scalia. Scalia, yeah, yeah, yeah Scalia. And so, yeah, and so uh, Obama doing his job, nominating a, a a Supreme Court justice, but Mitch McConnell in the Supreme Court said no. Uh, yep, not uh, doing his job. Yeah, not yeah, we're not going to do it. It's an election year. Uh, and, uh, and for this reason, we're not going to even hold a vote or interview this guy. Meanwhile, the hypocrisy, right? The yeah. same weeks before an election, let's hurry up and get, uh, Amy Comey Barrett up in there and take this seat. I mean, do you guys see hypocrisy there? Do you not, you know, do you think that was the right thing to do? Well, well, There's you- no integrity there in the midst of a pandemic while they're clashing back and forth on what handouts they decide they're going to give to people who desperately need help. They decide to throw their integrity out and uh, just work on their own self-interest. Boris. Yeah, no, that's just the real colors of, of that, that whole party that they, they've been working against the best interest of the American people. I mean, well, maybe not their people, by their people, I'm talking about the extremely wealthy Americans that essentially are at the top of the pyramid in this country. Yeah, American oligarchs, man. They're, yeah, they're, they're the real levers of power in this nation. Yeah, that's who they are catering to. That's whose assholes they're licking clean every single day. <laughs> but at the same moment in time, I mean, we still have pitchforks, right? Like, I don't get it. Well, you know, what does it say when they're reelected, right? Both Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell won, re- got reelected after Amy, Go- Amy, Comey, Par- Amy, Amy Comey Barrett's uh, uh, ascension to the Supreme Court. The two leaders of the Republican Party in the Senate got, get reelected. I mean, what does that say about their respective con- uh, constituencies then? They have good ad campaigns. Uh, really good ad campaigns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have... They- I don't know how active they are in their communities, but at the same time, either they're paying the right people, and then those people are influencing the people under them. And well, that literally, I feel like that plays a huge role. Like palms are being greased in the in the right process and in, in the right way, and that translates. Maybe maybe a regular person does get some kind of benefit, not from the government but from someone who knows somebody in the government. You see what I mean? And then that person's like, oh, you know, XYZ senator, you know, you know, you mm. should vote for that guy. And then that person's like, oh, I really look up to you. You helped me a lot. 
why not? Why wouldn't I go out and do something like that for you, you know? And then mm. they're influenced. I see. Brainwashed. <clears throat> Brainwashed. I mean, that's I what I learned in 2020 was the power of the media, man. The power of the media, the power of a talking head and and rant videos on YouTube. And and I get tens of millions of views talking about stuff that is just not true about COVID, about politics, about about you know Donald Trump, about politicians. I I really learned that the sort of what what like uh, the American consciousness is is not a fill in the blank question. You know, it's not when politicians come through and say I want a blank type of person for president. It's I want a multiple choice uh, type of person for president where instead of saying, I want Joe Biden to be a blank president, I feel like Americans, instead of that, they want a multiple choice question where I want a, I want Biden to be a option, a good president, option B, bad president, option C, normal president, option C, option D impeached. I real I'm realizing that the media sort of, builds narratives and fills in the blanks of the American consciousness before people even have time to figure out what's going on. They're just looking for what makes sense for what they're seeing in front of them instead of figuring it out for themselves and whether if it's true or not. And that's, what's really scary. I mean, that's how, that's how like, that's how nations die, man. When you control the media and you have state controlled information uh, that's why the freedom, freedom of the press is so important. Um, yeah, all the, all the reputable news outlets have just been labeled fake news. Uh, like everybody with over 100 years of reputation and actual reporting has all been labeled just fake news and everyone just shits on them now. And then we have, and then we have tabloids just coming out and it's like, oh, we know all the facts, man. Here's <laughs> the facts. This is how it is. Yeah. You know, yeah. believe it. Aliens are real, and they might be, but at the same time, you know, like well, they might, they might not be. Look for this guy, and, you know? yeah. and we'll find out. Who knows? It's not yeah. innuendo. It's all innuendo. There are no, yeah, and, and and it's really sad. Um, you know, but but I think, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think I, that's what I learned is is the power of the media and how we have to we have to understand it, man. Like we have to understand the power of social media, the power of the news, the power of journalism. Like I would say like our entire history in the US is written by journalists, man. It's not, it's, it's made by journalists and made by news. It's not made by people because there are everyday heroes in our government all the time who are responsible for saving this democracy during the election. And you're never going to know who they are. You're just going to know the names that come up on, on, on popular media. You know, it, it all boiled down to individual citizens during this election individual poll workers, individual like state uh, secretaries of state, their staffs, individual like uh, election security officials, people who, who know what was going down and stopped it, which is why we had a smooth election. Um, but we'll never know who they are, but we thank them very much. Uh, yeah. Alan, any, any sure, comments, comments, thoughts, concerns? Yes, no, maybe. No, man, I was just listening, I was listening to you guys. Okay, I appreciate that. Well, you know, I don't want to keep you guys for too long. So the last thing I want to, there's two more things I want to cover. The first is, what are some good things that happened in 2020, in your view? What are some of the best things that we sort of never, that, that we, um, that was lost in the noise uh, among the election and COVID and Trump and, and everything else, what were some of the good things that happened that maybe people don't know about that you want to tell the world uh, or that you really gravitated toward? What are some good things that happened to you guys or in the news in general in 2020? I want to give a quick, quick shout out to my friend, Melissa, who I knew was going through a really shitty year physically, um, just having a, you know annoying health problems. And uh, last time I checked, she's doing a lot better. Mm. She's doing, and uh, she's a musician. I think it, you would love to talk to her sometime. Uh, but she's like doing well on her social media or YouTube, and she's just doing a lot better. And I think in a shitty year, being able to persevere, do well, especially being a musician, I think that was awesome. 
just a quick shout out uh, to my friend. I think a lot of the workers and the healthcare workers are getting a lot more respect hmm. if they were due. Workers in the front lines, grocery workers, retail workers. I really, really hope that good things come in terms of employment, streamlining things, making things more accessible. Hope Medicare for all becomes a thing because I hope people wake up and realize that all their tax money should be going back to them especially when shit hits the fucking fan. Boris, what is, what's something great that happened in 2020 that was lost in the noise in your, in your view? Oh, man. There's just been so much negative, negativity <laughs> out there that anything good just gets immediately drowned out by a hundred bad things. Like I can't even pinpoint a good thing from this year. Like some yeah. of the memes have been pretty good this year. I'm not going to lie. There's been some, some of the, the memes you said. Yeah. Some of the memes <laughs> come out are pretty good. Some, uh, some great television has been coming out. Like, <laughs> I've been watching a lot of TV. I gotta say, like, I can't go outside. I can't hang out. I can't go to a bar. I can't do anything social. So, yeah, I'm really <laughs> in front of the television. Video games have been fantastic this year. Shit, the yeah. PS Five came out. Like PS Five. Yeah, the next KF console came out. KFC has a console that can keep your chicken warm. I saw that in the future. Yeah, I beat um, this video game called uh, Ghosts of Tsushima. Ah uh, man, was played. it good? I thought about getting it. It was amazing. Get it, play mm. it, enjoy. Mm. It. Mm. Well, I mean, you, man? me, I got a few things, man. I did a little research on this answer, you know, because I want to keep it positive, right? So, first of all, like good things that happened. Biden won the election. I'm happy for that. Uh, about drowned out things. That's not a drowned out thing. Oh, okay, right, right, right. Good things. Okay, okay, I got you. I got you. So. <laughs> What I really loved was um, uh, some like technological advancements. So like, I'm not sure if this was drowned out, but you know, SpaceX launching their American astronauts to the International Space Station for the first time since 2011. Oh yeah, I read about that. That was. I great. I I I really love that because it shows that uh, uh, you know uh, the American space industry is alive and well and still alive and still operating in COVID um, and how Tesla and Elon Musk were able to privatize the space industry, man. Like we have the American government paying a fraction of the price to send American astronauts to international space station now uh, through private companies, through Elon Musk. And that to me was like a really nice silver lining in, in technology for 2020. Uh, and uh, some of the more obvious answer, like the speed of vaccine development, you know, uh, how, how quick this vaccine was effectively like made, was invented in like eight months, which is the fastest ever vaccine development of all time. Yeah, it took um, so many years to develop a valid yeah. vaccine. And yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's been crazy. Yeah. It's actually one of the reasons I feel like people are scared to take this vaccine. They're like, it came out too fast. You know, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say, don't be scared, man. No, I'm not scared. I'm just yeah. saying, I feel like that's one of the reasons a lot of people are trying to push it to the back of their mind. Like, oh, I'll, see, I'll wait and see what happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> They're going to wait. They're going to see like, they, they think the first batch of people that are going to get this vaccine are, are the guinea pigs, but that's not true. The guinea mm -hmm. pigs already finished the trial. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. They, they're, the general public is not a guinea pig. We had clinical trials already. Yeah. <laughs> there just because it came out too fast. Yeah. You know, and it, yeah, it's really sad. Um, there's like a it has a great success rate too. Yeah, it does. Uh, I'm not sure what it is, but I'm no, I know it's successful. Uh, and so I really like the overall like public awareness of science. I think was another great takeaway. But at the same time, it also showed like the lack of science literacy as well, and the trust, lack of trust in science. Like people don't even trust vaccines. We've been using this for over 200 years, and even now we don't trust right. them. There's yeah. so many people in this world because vaccines are a thing. Exactly. Like, Seven billion people is not because, you know, we're smarter than the people that came before us. No, it's because we have more science and technology. It's alive. 
If we didn't yeah. have modern medicine, believe me, we wouldn't have seven billion people on this planet. Uh, who are who are living a really long time yeah. as well. Um, so can I can I ask a um, just on a positive note in the, in sure. the spirit of like. Uh, so if if you did get the vaccine, when you guys do get the vaccine, um, what kind of superpower are you looking forward to getting? Uh, well, if you were to, <laughs> this is a reference to that Netflix show. Uh, <laughs> this this uh, a, it a might made, be a made up side effect of the COVID vaccine. But if it were real, what would I want? Oh man, I used to have a great answer for this, but you know. I, I would want to teleport, man. Simple, S- simple man with simple tastes. Cause I'm always Ooh, late like jumper. Yeah, like exactly. Like jumper. I, w- I would like just teleport into meetings, get, so I'm not late, no more commuting. Just take, take a day in the Bahamas, take a night in, in, in the snow. You crawled out of this hole, man. You can't just teleport your way out of the system. <laughs> <laughs> what about, what about you, Alan? What's your power? Oh, I want to hear Boris's answer. Oh me, I, I want to be able to guilt-free go to a party or a crowded room. That's the how oh, I want. God, dude, honestly, because that's that sounds like a superpower these days. Coachella twenty twenty one, guys, come on, let's go. It's gonna Man. be <laughs> yes. That's what I'm talking about. I'm so glad I set you up for that because that was my answer too. I just want to go out and uh, live a normal life. And not be afraid that I'll kill somebody just by like I don't know breathing on them. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. Just to breathe, that'd be nice. So, uh, my last two questions, and these will be quick. Uh, what is one phrase, one succinct phase, that you would use to describe to your kids what was twenty twenty like, or somebody in the distant future? Uh, you know, Gen Y or something, uh, and they ask you, what was 2020 like? What would you say in one phrase? Dark time. What? Yeah, what? Dark time. <laughs> 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 what a <laughs> it was the worst of dark times. Time. <laughs> Okay. All right, moving on. <laughs> Wait, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't <answer> that. <laughs> it was it was living through history mm. and aging about ten years in one. That's good. That's good. Yeah, living through history. Definitely feels like it's been five years. Mm. Right? Hey mm. guys, um remember when Goop came out, that Gwyneth Paltrow special right before Tiger King? No, you don't, because that was right before the pandemic. And only <laughs> only when the pandemic started, everybody was like, all right, what the fuck is up on streaming? Well, you know, 2020 is not January to December. 2020 is March to December. Anything that happened in January and February didn't happen at all. <laughs> That's true. That does feel like, it feels like 15 years ago, March onwards, like different era man you can't even talk about it. that's like pre-2000 what are you <laughs> pre-internet <laughs> oh man all right and my last question for you guys uh, on a more positive note what are you looking forward to in 2021 what is what are some things that you're excited about for next year assuming we're covid free let's say post covid in 2021 so the second half of 2021 after everyone is vaccinated and things are going to get back to normal what are you looking forward to what has you excited i want to finally run that 5k that i've been putting off for a year i was training for it i was motivated and then it all just went spiraling down like i can't wait to pick up the momentum again and keep the ball rolling. That, that's pretty much what I want to do. Like one little goal that I want to achieve. Um, me, I just want my dog to stop being such an asshole. But I love him. But he's a puppy. Mm. You know, but I look forward to doing like trips, road trips, maybe a vacation. 
I'm looking forward to when masks aren't necessary anymore. Give it three years. Three years? I mean, the comment, look, there are people coming, like tourists visiting, um, having masks on a regular basis just a year ago. Like That's in New York City. So I don't think mask culture is going anywhere. I actually think it's something of an accessory that I'll be around for a minute. It's you know, like part I, of clothing now. You know, once once a certain percentage of the American population is vaccinated, I think it's like 70%, the virus can't spread anymore. So once the 70% of America is vaccinated, I would feel comfortable not wearing a mask anymore because then I wouldn't be able to get sick because most of America is vaccinated. So at that point, I'm looking forward to not wearing a mask anymore. Really excited. Do you think, do you think within 2021, by the end, we could see some type of normal, maybe a concert? You know, I think that there are going to be rules and regulations that allow concerts to be open and Broadway to be open and performing arts. I think there's, there should be some kind of system implemented where people who have been vaccinated can go to these things uh, or the, the venue takes enough precautions to prevent the, pre- the spread of COVID because you can't go all 2021 without entertainment. You can't do it. You would kill. I want to go to the movies. I want to go to a concert. HBO Max releasing all their movies on streaming. That was crazy. That's wild. How did AMC go bankrupt? (sighs) Dude, I don't know. How do movie theaters go bankrupt? Movie theaters have been here since the invention of movies. Yeah, Yeah, one bad, literally one bad year and a whole industry is gone. Oh my God. Dude. Fuck cruises. I don't care if I never go on another cruise a lot. Like, but, but I want a movie. We started that. Show. I want a party. Oh yeah. Oh man. We haven't had a party since since last year, literally. <laughs> yeah. Mark my words. We're gonna party together, man. Dude, I, I'm what's, already... what's what's it today? Twenty nine. A year from today. Dude, I'm already there. I'm already there. Uh, and and last couple things I'm excited for. Yes, parties. Yes, the mask no longer being necessary, but on a more like on a more global answer. I'm excited for the Olympics in Tokyo. I'm excited for, um, for the Mars Rover that's being, that's landing on Mars in February, the new Rover. Boris's laptop dead. Go on. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm excited for, uh, for the, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, for going out to eat, man, having a real meal that actually (laughs) is made by someone else. I gotta uh, say, isn't it weird? Have you gone out to eat? I've done it a couple times, and in, like I know people are making a living. I feel weird in that position. Like I'm on the top of like some Hunger Games type hierarchy. This is strange. Like at I don't want to be eat? sitting here and like yeah, like I feel a strange type of entitlement. Yeah, just, me like, too. Me being too. Being part of that experience and being yeah. like, waited on. Like, exactly. It's, and it's... it's weird. I I can't wait for that to stop feeling weird. Like, I just yeah. need some normal back. You know, and it's like you know that that uh that that waiter is, has been going through hell for months, and they stop to smile and serve you, and like hope hope for a tip, and and it, it hurts because you know you do feel a sense of uh yeah as you say entitlement uh, when really they deserve so much more, um and what is a dead uh, what is a dying uh, industry. So, uh, all right, guys, so. I think that's that's it for our review of 2020. Alan and Boris, three guys from Brooklyn, just talking about what the hell happened. <laughs> yeah, just three guys, three guys from Brooklyn. You know, well, I'm just I'm just gonna pump happy this. Holiday. Happy holidays! Happy holidays, <laughs> everybody! All right, boys, enjoy the rest of your night. Thank you very much. Here's the cheers to 2021. Let's get it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Peace out, bro. All right, cheers, boys.